Good evening, everyone. So I'm calling the regular meeting of July 11th to order at 5 p.m. <clears throat> and uh, we have the agenda in front of us. So are there any changes to that agenda, additions, deletions? Yes, Your Worship, there are, is one addition. Uh, we're proposing under Section 8 new business um, a 101st Street storm sewer repair and slide mitigation report. And a deletion item. Oh, oh, so I was just going to say number eight because there's six. As soon as I refresh the screen, the it it'll pop it should pop up as numbers. It's section seven. Section section eight. New business item seven. Yes. Oh, okay. I think that's the way. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Sorry, my my section eight probably threw you off. <laughs> Um, and a proposed deletion is under report section 9, the variance report. Uh, administration is proposing to bring this to the July 25th meeting. Thank you. There's another addition of the repeal of policy acquisition of property. So, oh, I wasn't aware of that. Is that going to be new business? That would be a new business item. Yeah. Okay, section eight, new business item eight is, if you could repeat again, repeal of? Of, of the policy acquisition of property. <coughs> Thank you. Any further changes? Would someone care to move the acceptance of the agenda as amended? Mr. Good, thank you. All those in favor? Opposed? It is carried. Great. Okay, so then we have the minutes of the June 27th in front of us. Anybody notice anything of note there that needs to be clarified, changed? Someone care to accept or move the acceptance of those minutes? Uh, Councillor Ford, um, all those in favor? Opposed, it is carried. Thank you. Okay. Public hearings, do we have any? None, Your Worship. Okay, how about presentations? Also, none, Your Worship. Bylaws? Three and three. Uh, none, Your Worship. Okay, here you go. Unfinished business. It doesn't look like there is. going to say none, Your Worship. Okay. <laughs> We're all into new business. Okay. First item of new business is request for a decision uh, with respect to the water treatment plant capital project. And Mr. McQuaid. Thank you, Worship. Uh, Worship and Council. I uh, have a request for a decision for the Shaftesbury Water Treatment Plant Project 2021, specifically the revision of their project budget. So we start uh, this project, uh, the, uh, when we start budgeting for that in 2020 uh, as part of the 2021 capital budget. At that time, we had approved the budget for $305,500. So uh, included in that was uh, the replacement of the hypochloric tank, the upgrade uh, to our Hall uh, filter system and uh, looking at a, a couple of uh, mud valves uh, to be worked on as well. 
so we completed uh, the poll system in 2021. Uh, just due to some issues with resin availability, we had some delays on the hydrofluoride tank and then uh, just working our way through COVID didn't do us any favors uh, through that as well. So we went uh, out to tender uh, this spring uh, for the uh, hydrochloride tank uh, replacements and uh, the bids that came back at that time we only received the one bid uh, and that would have been from AGS Mechanical and was for just around $501,000 which was uh, far in excess of what we've allocated for the, the budget for those tanks. Uh, with the after we finished with the the pulse system upgrade, which uh, came in at one hundred forty-seven thousand four hundred forty-one, that left one hundred fifty-eight thousand uh, dollars and changed to uh, complete the remainder of the work on the hydrofluorate uh, tank system. So, uh, the as you know, over the last few years we've seen some significant increases. Uh, in pricing, uh, with uh, tank resin costs have been fairly significant uh, in that in itself is between nine and ten percent, and then other items have been in that nine to twenty-five percent area. So, looking at that uh, to complete the hypochlorite tank replacement, uh, the budget uh, has been updated uh, to reflect uh, what we've received for the, the tender costs. Uh, so that leaves a deficit of $426,041 uh, to have that part of the project done. So a couple things with the, the hypochlorite tanks. So they are our main uh, source of kind of our chlorination tanks that we use to chlorinate our water with. So they're integral and essential to the plant. Uh, they have been failing over the last couple of years, and currently uh, we're probably about four to six inches of hypochlorite in our containment tanks. There's a containment wall that goes around the tanks, and we're having to constantly pump that out every day. Uh, so those tanks are beyond their life cycle and are no longer able to be repaired in situ, so we have to totally replace them. Uh, so we just kind of, that kind of restricts us as to our schedule of when we can get these replaced, because it is an essential part of uh, the project. And then the scope itself cannot be changed because uh, basically once we get in there, we have to kind of get in there and do all the tanks at once. Uh, otherwise it becomes even more prohibitively expensive. So because the natural question came up, well, can't you just retender the project? And the problem with that is uh, with current tender law, the last couple of years, they, uh, the courts have said that you know, by just the sheer fact of you issuing a tender, you automatically enter into a contract with any successful tender that's it's a bid. So the contract, and they say, they refer to this as contract date. So you've entered into a contract with the contractor on that. So you're at risk of breaching the contract if you pull it out and retender it without doing uh, one of two things. And that's either significantly changing the scope or 
changing the schedule. And none, neither of those things we have the ability to do at this current uh, time. So uh, what we're doing is we're asking council, so before we get to that, so we do have a plan to pay for that deficit. We do have uh, 567000 in unused MSI allocation available at this present time. I was hoping to carry forward that MSI into next year's projects, but we do have that available uh, for us to use this year. Uh, and this doesn't count any additional MSI monies that will be coming into us next year, and next year we'll probably be getting about $750,000 in new MSI funding for next year's projects. So it's not like we won't have any funds at all for that. Uh, just reduce the amount that we have to carry forward for future projects. So we do have that ability to pay for uh, that deficit that four hundred twenty-six thousand. Uh, so if approved, administration would proceed with awarding uh, the project to the sole bidder, AGS Mechanical, and administration will also work with the contractor to identify any further efficiencies to reduce any project costs where possible. So. Uh, the options before you is approve the revised project budget for 584000 and award the contract to AGS Mechanical. Or option two, do not approve the budget increase and retender the project next year, which would satisfy uh, the being able to retender the project. And that is an option. However, we do risk uh, you know, having a catastrophic failure of those tanks and just losing a lot of time altogether. So be happy to take any questions. So the original tender was three hundred and five thousand. It's now five hundred and eighty-four thousand. That's correct. And the scope and scale of the project has not changed in any which way. It's just it's quite an inflationary. It is, and uh, this is not the only project that we've seen some extraordinary. Uh, responses come back to our tenders. Our accessibility project, uh, we did revise the scope on that one further down and we still came in where we figured we would come in around 70,000. The tender came in at 135,000. So in that particular case, we do have the ability to defer that project to a future project here. And that was by a local contact, contractor, I'm not gonna be naming names at this point. Uh, you know, uh, there again, just the amounts that we're seeing in for projects are extremely high right now. So where we can, we will defer projects, you know, where we notice that, you know, that uh, it's not critical to town operations and is something that we can safely defer. This is not one of them. It seems to me that we rarely have anything that's not critical to some part of the operations. Um, so uh, with the, the tender, the company, um, <clears throat> so did they, well, maybe I can't ask the question. I'll ask the question, you tell me you can't answer. Um, did they already have some built-in increases depending upon um, which year the project actually got to be done? Uh, no, because uh, this part of the project didn't get tendered to this year. Okay. So there's no escalation involved in the contract. 
Okay, I guess my only worries is that um, the MSI um, part of business, um, we also depend upon that for all sorts of things, including our change in the way we're doing water rates because that MSI portion is supposed to go over to other operational aspects of the town, I guess. So that's my worry. But uh, councillors, do you have some comments, questions? Councillor Good. Just for, just for clarity, Jim, the, um, this project was originally going to be funded out of MSI? Yes, part of it was part funded out of MSI. That, but that was funded out of MSI in 2021. Right, but the, in, the increase is what, 184000 The increase between, and, and then, again, I'm not great at math sometimes, so yeah. um, the increase was roughly $180,000 ballpark? For this part, uh, so that one there, uh, we let, had 158000 and then, so, because we'd approved it, we approved it at $305,000, right? We approved it at $305,000. Right, that's now $500,000 and some odd. That's correct. So there's the balance of what, $50,000, $180,000, whatever. Um, $426,000. Sorry? The difference between the two is about $278,000. Yeah. Between the $500,000. Okay, okay. okay, you're looking at it like that. I'm just kind of breaking that part of okay. it. I'm just looking so, at the hypochlorite tank okay. portion. Yeah, if you're looking at the whole So the increased program. amount you're taking out of MSI is how much? Uh, it would be that 426000 So, okay, so the difference is... Because uh, take, because uh, the... So 526000 this is where I'm getting a little confused, yeah. is if we had already budgeted to have it taken out of MSI, and it went up 150. I'd expect 150 more to be taken out of the MSI, not 400. That's why I'm getting confused in my internal math. Okay. Uh, so look at it this way: like uh, that 584,000 doesn't include the Paul side of the infrastructure that we've already done. This okay. is just for the hydrochloric tanks. Okay. So out okay. of the original 305,000, we right. only had 158,000 left. Right. Part of that hundred and fifty eight thousand would have been in the side funded. Right. Okay. I'm getting a little clearer. Okay. Somewhat. At, at the end of the day we still need another four hundred twenty-six thousand. And have we borrowed anything for this one? No. Okay. Any other questions? Okay. What is the life expectancy of those tanks, Jim? Is this short or uh, 20 and 25 years. And how old? What old was our 20 and 25 you know, years? Uh, they're a lot less. Yeah. Uh, I would have to go back into the project records to find out exactly how. So the plant was initially constructed in 1990 something? Or before uh, that? These new to the, the plant upgrade from these would have been 12 years I would have expected them to be two, you know, circa 2000. So they're, I'm sorry. So effectively, you're saying they should have lasted twice, twice as long as they did. I would expect Ballpark. them to last a little longer. Is there? I mean, I there's obviously no warranty here. We'd be pursuing that. Do we know why they? Do we have a why in there as to why they only lasted half the time? Because if we buy the, 
a same tank or something similar, yeah. and they come to us and they say, well, the last 25 years, we can either call it and say, apparently not, Jack, or something to that effect, or say, well, are you going to warranty them for the 25 years? Yeah. So they failed at the, their, their residencies is where they failed at. So uh, I haven't sent anything out for analysis as to find out what the root cause of the failure was. Uh, so we don't have an answer for, for you in that regard. Uh, with these tanks, we did take a much different approach because the original tanks uh, they put in there and they didn't, there was never a plan to get them back out. So we're having to chop them up in situ and take them out, uh, but I'm gonna replace them with a modular tank system. So that way, if you, know, if you have one piece, one uh, particular tank that fails, you can just take that section of the tank out and bring in a new section. Okay. Anything further, councillors? Someone here to make a motion or two? Yeah, I'll move that uh, we approve the revised project budget of 584000 and award the contract to AGS Mechanical. Any further discussion? Okay, all those in favor of the motion? Opposed? It is carried. Thank you, Mr. McQuaid. Okay. Now we have Mr. Websdale for the request for decision with respect to Curling Club <coughs> loan write-off. Thank you, Your Worship. <clears throat> um, it's an interesting historical journey I went on recently. And in the background here, you can see a little bit of the research that we did and what we discovered going through some old documents and old bylaws. And it looks like in about 2005, uh, a loan was given to the Curly Club for a roof repair and some small payment made. And in 2013, there's an upgrade of an ice plant. There's a bylaw. And it was obviously a bit of a placeholder because in August the same year, the bylaw was repealed and the bylaw signed and the amount to lens and some was paid in 2014. And then in 2016, $65 received, the balance moves to $36,000 worth sat ever since. I don't pretend to know all the history of the Curling Club and the laws that brought to council that's been shared, but my understanding is that they are seeking forgiveness of this amount. And there is certainly something to be said for that. I don't know what their ability to pay it is. Assume that it would be limited, and hence the recommendation here is that council would consider the write-off of the thirty-six thousand dollars in a deemed uncollectible accounts receivable pertaining to this loan. Discussion. Any questions from council? Um, they were in. I don't know if it was last council meeting or or when, but uh, and did present their story about. Um, numbers of curlers and that sort of thing. And uh, somewhat like Mr. McQuaig's um, uh, issues with uh, getting estimates on things, um, they were having real problems in anybody getting back to them with estimates too, to do certain things. So anyways, that's what I remember part of the conversation. Any um, further discussion, questions for Mr. Rebstow? 
So basically, this is on our books, and supposedly it inflates our income a little bit because we're expecting the monies. It overstates our assets. It implies that we're maybe a little wealthier than what we really are mm -hmm. if we don't realistically expect to ever see it. Yeah. I, I guess um, I look back at our experience with the um, Aladair Center and the sports club that ran it quite well for many, many years, but then things tapered off. So, and it lingered and lingered. And that lingering kind of we've learned doesn't help anybody sort of thing. So anyways, um, any discussions? Somebody care to make a motion with respect to this? I'll make it. Okay. The motion that council approve the write-off of 36,000 uncollectible accounts receivable from the Grand Club, Peace River Grand Club. Okay, thank you for that. Um, any further discussion? Okay, all those in favor of the motion? Opposed? It is carried. Thank you, Mr. Webbsdale. Um, okay, the next one, we have a request for decision on the climate, climate adaptation funding opportunity. Oops, I see I'm looking at my printout and I've got the AM conference here. Okay, so let's go to the AM conference. One. So AM, Alberta Municipalities Convention Conference. Um, CAO Bell? Or? Yes, thank you, Your Worship. Um, we have, uh, registration is open for the Alberta Municipalities Convention. There was a budgeted amount of council members and administration however we have lots of interest from members of council so we wanted to bring forth a, a bit of a request for direction from council if uh, additional members would like to attend we can absolutely accommodate that expense as the FCM conference in somewhere in Western Canada this past Regina, right, right. Um, that was budgeted for but not utilized for, for that particular so there are sources of funding within the council budget to be able to accommodate any additional members of council that would like to attend. So saying that, I just wanted to confirm. And, and really, people should be pretty certain if they stick up their yes, hand please. and say, because <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pain to change things and uh, you do lose some cancellation fees, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, it's the annual conference of our um, professional organizations, so it's usually pretty well worthwhile. So maybe just show of hands, who would be wanting to attend that conference? Would you be wanting to attend? Oh, you're not, you can't? Okay. Um, so it looks like there's four, and we don't know about uh, Mr. Boychuk. I don't believe he's responded to any yet, but I can inquire also. Okay. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned about flying. Yes. Um, and I, I was suggesting that we try to fly from Grand Prairie just because it, it saves time and it, um, well, it's probably cheaper than trying to drive, yeah. put it that way. <coughs> Okay, so right now it looks like four with one maybe, and administration-wise, 
um, I guess you'll yeah, we'll look into something about that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So we'll need a motion, and then I wanted to also um, just have a little bit of a conversation about the rest of the conference. And um, Councillor Shannon had a question about some AM committees that um, usually there is opportunity at the conference to start the process to get on one of those committees possibly so sometimes that's a good thing and possible pre-convention sessions right if uh, members of council who are attending if you take a look at that information that was provided in the report it doesn't need to be a part of the motion this evening but just give you a, give us uh, a heads up and we can make sure those are booked appropriately also because there are some excellent pre-conference sessions also so the pre-conference ones are council's role in public engagement and council's role in land use and development approvals. And both of those are the EOEP types of courses. And then there's a full day legal seminar on current issues by Reynolds, Murph, and whatever their RF party thinks that is. So, okay, so we have four and maybe one more for the conference. Is there anybody who is interested in one of the pre-conference um, sessions, which means you would be going a day ahead of time? Your Worship, I might be uh, just a bit ahead of that, if you don't mind. Okay. <clears throat> I would like to, the question to be asked. I mean, if we're going to be flying out of uh, Grand Prairie or Colorado, we're going there. Look at the costs of just to look at the cost of chartering locally. I mean, it, it may or may not be in the ballpark. But to not ask the question, I think it's it's just a question you can ask. How much would it cost? How much would it cost for X number of counselors to go down from here? You would save travel time, and you could, if it's, it's but just I think it's a question. It's reasonable to ask. Okay. So um, back to the pre-conference. Anybody interested in those? And I think you can provide that direct if you need to look at them and let us know. Because it yeah. has to do with hotel rooms yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So I would be interested, but um, we'll see. Okay. So let's uh, maybe get a motion on the books if we need one. Or do you need the? I don't necessarily. It's in the budget, it's in the budget so yeah. it doesn't require a motion of council. Okay. No. Okay. So the next item, um, con or AM committees. So Councillor Shannon, do you want to indicate which um, committees you? Kind of an interest in. Okay, so I would like to um, send my application in for this, the same two that I did last year, Small Committees Committee and the Economic Strategy Committee. I would also like to suggest that Mark Boychuk um, put in an application for the Safe and Healthy Communities Committee. And the reason I am, I am uh, quite determined to get on one of these is that we have uh, very little Northern representation on them, and I think that has to change. Economic Strategy Committee. And there's no cost to the town on this at all. You just have, have, probably have to have a motion supporting your um, yes. application, right? Yes. Okay. Um, any discussion? Any further interest in other committees? Or people haven't really searched yet? Okay, Deputy Mayor, your microphone's on. Yep. I'll um, make the motion to approve the applications for uh, Councillor Shannon for the two committees whose names escape me currently and Councillor Boychuk for the Safe Communities one that I did remember 
Yeah, and he, he would have to be confirmed in terms of time elements and stuff, I think. Okay, so we do have a motion on the floor, though, to support the two councillors uh, in their applications for these committees. So all those in favor? Opposed? Okay, it is carried. Okay, the other thing that we've discussed um, in the past about the uh, convention and have had motions approving them are um, the town um, renting one of the booths at the trade show and second to that, um, applying for um, uh, speaker's position. Speak okay, speaker's position to get on that for a session. So just to let you know, that's what we have approved in the past and we have motions to that extent, so admin would be following through on seeing both are possible, I guess, right? And uh, my understanding is that a, a request for the speaker's position was sent uh, some time ago on that particular item, but I don't have confirmation either way. I believe that it was, but I think also one of the offers that we had made, uh, because we're, to be very honest, we're not doing this to rain on anybody's parade, was that the, we had a discussion with the AM at the time that we would go down um, ahead and pre-present to them so that they could take a look at it and decide whether it was going to be, I mean, if it's, if it's totally going to put uh, something to the wheels of, of their progress, then we're not interested in that. So I think we, we should at least reaffirm that offer or because that was part of it. I think everybody was here remembers that discussion that we were going to go down ahead to give them a heads up so they could say, you know, like this is doable or not doable or whatever, or at least have that discussion. I think in all fairness, we owe them that. They are our organization, so. And I'll follow up with them to see where they're at. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Anything further on uh, the conference that we should bring up at the moment? Thank you. Okay, next up is now the climate adaptation funding opportunity and Ms. Moody. Good evening, everyone. So I am here to request council's direction and I'm in a very happy place where the province and the federal government seem to be providing grants for planning dollars. Uh, which I think is a unique opportunity. And this is one of those opportunities. So uh, there is a climate resilience capacity building program that has been put together by um, Alberta municipalities as well as RMA and the government of Alberta. And the intention behind that program is to help uh, make communities across the province more resilient, uh, reducing economic, social, and environmental impacts and to save money. And the, um, we would go through the process of developing a, uh, a risk analysis or risk assessment and adaptation plan for the town of Peace River. So they have two streams in this uh, climate resilience capacity building program. The planning stream is the first. And I think it is the program's intention that communities have a plan before you can go to the second stream, which allows for some more specific strategic, um, on a specific strategic initiative um, planning to happen or engineering depending on what it is your initiative is. Uh, so the program allows for up to $80,000 application per project. 
I did take the first step in the application process, which was a preliminary expression of interest. We did get some positive feedback from the program manager. And so I'm, before we take the second step, which is to actually apply uh, for the grant, which would involve uh, securing a qualified service provider, so a consultant who's got climate change planning expertise. Um, and then we would submit a formal application with that contractor already identified. Uh, we would identify the contractor and they would know that our intention to do the project would be tied to the successful grant application uh, and that our budget would likewise be tied to that grant application. Um, a couple of things that I didn't write down in the request for direction in terms of, I think, what this can offer the town. Um, if you look at climate adaptation plans, uh, their scope can vary from a single asset to a, a more broad community-based um, approach. I think that at least uh, what has been in my mind would be that we would be aiming for a plan that specifically looks at our municipal assets as well as a more community-wide uh, social, economic, environmental lens. Uh, the degree of detail that we could get into, that would be something I think we'd scope out more closely with the, the qualified service provider before we would commit to exactly what the, the scope of the plan would be. I think this is an opportunity uh, for the town to do some planning in an area that I think both the federal and the provincial governments have shown that they have an interest in. It gives us more information specific to our community about climate change and could potentially, I think, feed into future grant applications from both senior levels of government where they're asking about the climate impact of projects that they are providing funding for. It also absolutely has the option of the opportunity to feed into the information that we have at our disposal as far as asset management goes. And I could probably throw to Director McQuaig if we needed to say a little bit more about that. Um, but this also has the potential to tie into some of the goals that Council has identified in your own strategic planning process. I have identified a couple of those here. I know the strategic plan is not finalized at this point but it, I think it does work towards uh, the Town of East River remains a sustainable and environment municipality, uh, reduce the town's impact on the environment, and also engaging with members of our community because chances are fairly good through our planning process we would be doing that. Um, if we did fund or receive the funding, then the planning process would likely take a year to complete and would probably include some community consultation. All of that would definitely be outlined or clarified as we secured that uh, consultant. The, the program, the climate, uh, Municipal Climate Change Action Center has provided a list of qualified consultants. Their intention is, I think, to make this as easy a process as possible for smaller municipalities. Uh, so they've identified some consultants who are pre-qualified and who have the expertise to undertake this type of project. Uh, so that, that some of that in terms of timeline is, is coming from what a lot of those consultants are saying. That's a pretty typical timeline for this type of project. Uh, it would be moving towards uh, uh, having a resource for the town that a number of other municipalities are. It's a, I guess, a, the, one of the current projects that a lot of municipalities are undertaking as they're trying to do some strategic planning. Um, a couple of municipalities that have, that are within our area or just a little bit out, Big Lakes County is one municipality that's current has recently um, 
completed the project, Spruce Grove as well, but lots of larger municipalities in Alberta also have adaptations planned and it's kind of filtering down now to the smaller communities. So I can take any questions that you might have. Uh, if you are supportive, then we'd be looking for a motion that would provide some direction to staff to continue on this process. If council isn't uh, on on board with this idea, then we would we don't want to put too much energy towards it without having some buy-in at the council table. So it would um, speak to such things as whether our storm drainage system is where capacity-wise whatever the expectation of future heavy-duty rainfalls, that sort of thing, like to be able to whatever the, whatever the standard or something is, I guess. Yeah, it, it would, it kind of depends, and I could pull it up a couple examples. It depends on the level of detail and specificity, how quantitative we're gonna get versus qualitative within the planning document. And it could be more quantitative, say on our municipal asset side, where we have more quantitative information to feed into the process and more qualitative on some of the more, more um, community scale impacts that we don't have as much information to feed in as well. I guess personally what I, what I would like it is some of the, the details on the quantitative side I guess because if we are to do anything sooner or later you get to that point, right? Um, so what I'm thinking, you know, if we look over our last few uh, winters and whatnot, we had the ice and the rain and the ice and the rain in January. That sort of thing is what this would perhaps take into account and say something about our infrastructure, kind of? It would certainly be speaking to the variability in the climate and all of those different impacts. That, so the ice and the rain from last winter the smoke and the heat dome from last summer and, and the different impacts that that can have on our assets as well as on our community, the economic opportunities that are available in our region, the impact on our local environment and on our community from a social perspective and some of the challenges and risks that we might be facing that we might in the future need to be starting to incorporate into our operations or into our risk. Yeah. So our I, I guess my thoughts would be we want something that's substantive, not, oh, well, you, you might get a big ice storm next winter and the winter following, um, have some salt handy, <laughs> you know? Um, the more it can say about our infrastructure because maybe we need a bigger water pipe someplace than, than not. Pat's Creek comes to mind. I don't know if that fits into this or not. But those are kind of my thoughts. Um, other counselors on this? Would someone care to put forth a motion, Councillor Ford? Okay, that's buzzing. I'd put a motion. I'd put a motion on the floor that council directs staff to undertake the second step in the climate resilience capacity building program application process. Thank you. Any further questions, discussion? All those in favor? Opposed? It is carried. Thank you, Ms. Modi. And uh, thanks also for uh, starting to add in uh, the references back to the strategic plan. That kind of gives us uh, focus as to why we're doing a few things. Okay, the next one I think is the Art Club um, briefing note. Uh, Director Bell. Thank you, Your Worship. 
Um, in follow-up to the presentation the Peace River Art Club provided to council, there was a number of um, requests, inquiries um, that they made throughout their presentation. So I met with the president of the Art Club to clarify some of their items and provide some direction and uh, provide some action for them. So the report before you provides a little overview of that conversation and clarification and um, some potential actions or information that was provided depending on the uh, specific ask. Um, we did clarify, firstly, that the town cannot be a banker for any organization um, to apply for a grant on their behalf and then provide the grant back to the group. We have to be a substantive partner within the application where the Town of Peace River receives some sort of substantial benefit, whether it's an asset or um, direct partnership. We can't just be a flow-through system for organizations. It's not in um, uh, good standing with financial practices. So that was one of the asks of the group. Um, and they actually received direction from an organi a granting agency that said, just go ask your municipality to apply for you. And so I'm going to so give us a call back yeah. to that group. And the municipality cannot apply for them, correct. but can they apply and say, oh, the municipality supports us. That's a hundred percent, right? So okay. we can provide uh, letters of support. We can provide. Um, all sorts of in-kind contributions to applications of which we do quite often or have in the past. It's been a little quiet the last couple of years, but anticipate doing so going forward with uh, other community groups. But we can't be a sort of a flow-through mechanism for organizations. That is a, it's not good financial practice. Um, we are uh, providing letters of support as they make applications. I did recommend to the group that they give us a um, sort of a heads up, as it were, of what grant they're applying for, so then I can tailor a letter of support specifically to that grant grantor and the grant application. They're much more effective than just a blanket, um, blanket letter of support. They're, so I'd be happy to write them 10 letters of support if that's uh, helpful to them. Um, they are. They were looking for some funds for operating. Uh, they are looking for some longer-term space, but currently that's not something we're able to offer. But again, in the future, if that changes, we'll make sure they're made aware of that. Uh, Culture days. We are. will participate in some manner uh, for that particular event, and a proclamation will be brought forward closer to Culture days. We don't want to do it in July, and it's at the end of September. Awkward. So that will come forward um, more in September to help promote that particular event for them. Great. So, and the cultural days at September twenty fourth, twenty fifth rings a bell as yeah. It was days. it was not quite the end of September, just prior yeah. to Orange Shirt Day timeframe. So I believe within that twenty fourth, twenty fifth, or twenty sixth, twenty seventh. So we might get back from AM conference and float into yes, that's right. Days, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, any further comments to the briefing note? Someone care to move acceptance of the briefing note? Uh, Councillor Carr, thank you. All those in favor? Opposed? It is carried. Great, thank you.
Um, so what are you getting? Uh, we have, um, this one is with, with respect to the Active Transportation Fund successful application. Yes, thank you. So as I said, there are grants out there in the world right now that provide monies for planning. And one of those was from the Active Transportation Fund, which is a federal grant program. It includes a 400 million five year federal government investment to fund projects that expand and enhance active transportation networks in communities of all types and sizes. Uh, so active transportation, the easiest way to think about it is primarily cycling and walking. Uh, would include scooters as well, anything where you're using your body to travel across town or across our community. Uh, we have applied for and received $50,000, which was the maximum grant amount under the planning and design project stream of the fund to fund uh, the Westside Active Transportation Plan, which is specifically the project that we proposed to the federal government. So using this funding and the capital project monies that were allocated by council, in the 2022 budget, which was an additional $50,000, staff will be initiating a request for proposals for the plan over the next few months once we have signed the agreement with the federal government. So right now we've just received the notification that we've been approved, but we haven't gotten to the, the formalities just yet. So we're a little bit away, we wanna do that before we put out a request for proposals. So our goal will be to have a plan for the west side of the community, which I don't know if you've ever counted, but it does include seven distinct residential neighborhoods as well as our one of our major commercial areas that is bisected by the highway, three distinct industrial areas, the hospital, the medical clinic, and recreational amenities. And all of those areas are largely not connected by our active transportation network, which is our combination of trails and sidewalks. So the goal of the plan will be to to try and figure out how we would prioritize connecting those areas. Uh, as you can see, there's a lot of expected outcomes and results of the plan. That is what I put into the proposal. Uh, that is what we'll be asking for when we go out for a request for proposals and we will see what we come back with. It is an ambitious list, but if we can, can do most or all of them, then we will definitely be taking a step forward in terms of knowing what it is that we actually want and then through further planning processes and when development happens, we'll have a better sense of the network that we're trying to build on the west side. Uh, so again, this project will address some of the goals and strategies that are identified in Council's strategic plan, specifically building a, or build a physical community, physically connected community, as well as the strategy to increase opportunities for citizens to use the Peace River Bridge Walkway, and the strategy to provide clean and safe parks and trails that attract users, and engage with members of our community. So once the project is awarded, we do expect that this will take at least a year to complete and will include community consultation. And we just wanted to make sure the council was aware that this was coming down the pipe. And I'm very excited. So to take any questions. So this is, is it a total of 100,000? Correct, yes. Okay. And the 2022 budget part of it, it wasn't dependent upon getting a grant? It or? was. I believe it was dependent, and now we have successfully received that grant, so, or we will be receiving the grant. So. Okay, and um, do, would this include things like a, uh, a steps for Lower West Peace kind of ideas? Possibly. So I guess my worries again, as for the same as the other plan, is we'll have a plan and we'll never get to it. <laughs> and that, that is why, um, 
we do have at the last bullet, and I, this is, I think, probably the most ambitious part of the, the list of things that we would like, um, but preliminary design engineering and costing of priority one and two uh, network segments. So the west side is a very large area for the amount of development that's actually there. And I think that it'll be key for the plan to prioritize the segments and be pretty clear about it, which areas we, we really need to do, which areas would be nice to do, and possibly which areas might not be realistic or are truly very long-term. Um, it could include stairs up from Lower West Peace, but I think there are, I mean, my mind is full of the different areas that we need to consider in this, and I, I think that the plan needs to be pretty specific about what is top priority and what are the lower priorities, and hopefully, um, my goal, my hope, and my understanding um, of the federal government's intention is that they're hoping to have a fund that does provide some ongoing um, funding for not just planning, but also for capital investment. And hopefully the town will be in a position to apply for those funds as well. I don't think that they're 100% of the project costs, so it would involve matching, and I know that that's a budget consideration. But I think there'll be opportunities there, and if we don't have the plan, then those opportunities don't exist. So the first step is figuring out what that network ideally would look like. So um, for council's information, uh, a few years ago there was some engineering done on a trail, walkway, whatever you want to call it, from um, Shaftesbury Estates, and that's sort of kind of in limbo due to some um, well, geography and some landowner and some Alberta transportation concerns, put it that way. Plus, at that time, it was about a million bucks, so um, that was kind of a little hard to do. So this would perhaps incorporate that or just whatever, I guess. Okay. Does this include the ski hill area and trails and stuff, or it's uh, how do I walk from here to here, not how do I do recreation yeah, this is about transportation, not recreation. So getting to a recreation area, I think would be within the scope of the plan. The actual recreation area and the trails within it, that's not the priority of this plan. Okay, thanks. Um, Councillors, questions? Councillor Park? So this money is not just for the planning, it could be part of the capital project as well if we decided on no, sorry, the money that we're talking about today, so the 50000 from the capital budget and the 50000 from the federal government, that's for the planning. That's just planning. And if we're lucky, maybe a little bit of preliminary design and engineering. Uh, but I do think that that is probably the ambitious part of the ask. But this fund, the um, Active Transportation Fund, it has different streams. Planning is the one stream, there's also a capital stream where you can apply for a specific capital project. And having the plan puts us in the position where we might be able to apply for those projects as well once we know what we're asking for. And the other advantage is like when some of these legacy things come along, like Canada 150 and stuff like that, when we do have plans for these types of things in place, it's a lot easier for us to apply for those types of grants to potentially get them done as opposed to trying to stitch something together in a whole cloth in a big hurry. 
least in the past a few times, shovel ready counts, so the planning would count. <laughs> yeah. Okay, any further comments, questions? Would someone care to uh, move the um, briefing note for information? Councilor Vick, thank you. All those in favor? Opposed, it is carried. Thank you again. Okay, uh, reports, we had a deletion, so no one. Oops. Oops, I forgot about them. Yeah. If you make sure you refresh your Civic Web, you'll see the additions should pop up. Number seven and number eight. Okay, we have a request for decision, uh, the repeal of policy dealing with acquisition of property, and Mr. McQuaig. Thank you, Worship. Uh, as part of our policy review, uh, we came across uh, this policy acquisition of property, which is currently listed, also has a directive number to it. And the reason it has a directive number to it is it is administrative in nature and is prescribes in how uh, the process uh, to go through for the acquisition of property, not just so kind of uh, doesn't pertain more to the scope of whether we are acquiring property, it's just more to how we do that. So, in that light, uh, looked at that, uh, and it's more uh, suited to be uh, a directive than a policy. So, uh, administration recommendation is to rescind uh, the council policy and then bring that back as a directive. So that would be reflected in option one. Uh, you do have the option to decline to rescind the policy and uh, take any questions. I apologize. Uh, normally we have the, the old uh, policy attached in for review. Uh, basically, what it's stating is the purpose of the policy is to ensure that any property the town of Pittsburgh requires, either through tax recovery or otherwise, is neither a contaminated site nor has any other environmental concerns for which might pose future problems for the municipality. And then just goes through the steps on uh, that are to be taken by administration to acquire the property, which is. Uh, kind of more the administrative portion of that. So if it were just a policy statement in, in itself, it could remain a policy. But as it stands, uh, since we get into checklists on uh, going through internal record searches, external record searches, site testing, and report to council, it is administrative in nature. And we will take any questions. Any questions, counselors? Someone care to put forth a motion to uh, one of the options, maybe? Sure. I'll Here. move option one to rescind the council policy D66 1996-0401 acquisition of property. Thank you. Any further discussion? All those in favor? Opposed? It is carried. Thank you. Okay. And then we have the additional item. Um, briefing note on the 101 Street storm sewer repairs and site slide mitigation. Yeah. So unfortunately one of the challenges of being an engineer is I 
have usually bad news to bring forth to council. Uh, so, a little bit of history. Uh, we have been monitoring uh, 101st Street uh, up behind Points West for a period of a year. Uh, there, we noticed some slumping about uh, a year and a half ago uh, in that particular area, and we noticed a, a section of storm sewer line that had failed that runs underneath 101st uh, Street and down to a manhole located just immediately behind Points West. So I've been keeping an eye on that and uh, talking with our project engineer on the best way to get in there to bench up to it and replace that stormwater line uh, and get that uh, slope kind of repaired and repair the slump and kind of arrest any uh, slope uh, failure that might be occurring in that area. Now, as part of uh, the steps that we've been taking over the last year is we've had some slope indicators uh, installed by, uh, by Parkland Geo along the length of that slope because we did notice some other areas uh, that we noticed that slope starting to fail. So we need to kind of collect some better data on that and uh, as with the case of anything geotechnical you need to kind of have a good span of time to assess what that slope is actually doing. Uh, so with our rainstorm to our last week, uh, our main concern was to go up and check where that uh, storm sewer pipe was and see uh, if there was anything of concern up there that we needed to do immediately uh, while we're kind of planning our repair of that area. Uh, so we did notice uh, some materials being flushed out at the bottom, but we weren't noticing any uh, undermining of the road or any further indications of slope failure at that point, which is a, a good thing. But we did notice right to the south of that, that there was uh, a section of road where the curb and gutter was pulling away from the road structure. and. Uh, W-beam rail was actually also failing and collapsing down the hill and noticing some tension cracking throughout the road. All of these are ind indicative of that slope moving and to the point where it could indicate a possible slope failure. So uh, one of the things that, so we had to look at doing uh, some immediate measures on this so we're not aggravating and making this worse to the point where you know we have to do something immediately. So the best thing that we can do is take the weight off of that section of the road. So this Thursday uh, we'll be reducing that to single lane traffic. Uh, so we'll be installing some jersey barriers around that section to bring traffic around and have traffic control running on each side to bring the traffic through that area. Uh, some messaging will be going out to the public and some door hangers will be going out to the residents along that immediate stretch of road. So, uh, and the other thing that we will look at doing is uh, putting uh, some sealant in between uh, where the curbing gutter is pulling away from the road structure. So that way it will prevent any water getting into that seam and further undermining it rather, uh, much more than it has right now. So this, these two things should kind of give, it, give us some time 
to better uh, see what's going on with that slope. Uh, we are working with our geotechnical team to uh, pull our data logs on the slope indicators to complete an analysis on that section of the slope. Uh, so that, that'll be a good thing because we'll need to determine some long-term solutions uh, for that road. Whether we're looking at having to install a pile wall, uh, we may have the ability to go to a, a stabilized earth type wall. Uh, there's some new uh, engineered structures that we can uh, put in there other than pile walls, which are uh, a lot more economical. So we're gonna look at those things. But I did want to bring this to council and make you aware that uh, you know, this will be a, a long-term uh, item that we'll have to look at uh, because basically we're aware that whole slope is moving. Uh, this one is just moving a lot uh, more than we had noticed previously. But it needs to be addressed sort of uh, similar to uh, the response up you know, if you drove up uh, Judah Hill. Basically the same thing we did up there where you know part of that roadway kind of uh, uh, collapsing on one side and put jersey barriers, get the weight off of that one side, get it onto the other side and control it to the point where you can go and repair that. Uh, but uh, so, so the immediate actions we've taken care of. Uh, I'll be sitting down uh, with the project team on Friday to kind of discuss some longer term steps, including you know, uh, timelines for getting a desktop analysis completed on this to figure out where we're going to go. And then also for that, we'll be uh, looking at what grant funding options we have for any mitigation options that we might uh, be recommending to council. So I will be bringing something back to council for the future on this one. So wanted to make sure you have something in place before I go away on holidays, so that way you know, uh, things are happening even though I'm away. So, so with respect to grant funding, um, we had kind of discussed um, meeting with the minister at AM's conference and decided, um, I think the decision was, well, we don't really have anything to talk about, so this maybe wants us to change your mind, except we have to have some more co very concrete things, I guess, not just our hill sliding. Maybe. And by that point, uh, you should have yeah, something very great. concrete to provide that you'll have some good speaking notes to, to work off of. So maybe admin would try and get us an appointment with the ministers then. Um, so my question, this is 101st Street, so the next uh, street up, I don't know what it is, the one that goes to Judah. Yep. sort of thing. Um, is that also going to be looked at for its, um, some of its... Um, yeah, we're keeping uh, an eye on the number of slopes within town. Okay, and the other thing on this one, we see these power lines here which kind of look at an angle yep. as well. Um, is there a plan if they suddenly spring apart somehow? So that we'll have to further discuss with BATCO and I will have discussions with them and make them aware of uh, what we're doing and bring them into that conversation and they'll be receive a copy of the desktop study as well. Yeah, they should probably fix it. <laughs> <laughs> their poles are all down. Maybe convince them that their poles actually didn't, you know. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, so the plan.
plan is there's going to be some barriers, but it's going to uh, one-lane traffic, but controlled by stoplights. Okay. So questions, councillors? Councillor Carr. You said that's starting next week too. With the, uh, with the lights. Those, the, uh, those lights will be delivered Thursday morning. So we'll start setting up the uh, Jersey barriers on Wednesday afternoon, and have the closure in effect from Thursday morning on when we have the traffic control lights installed. As I mentioned, we've got messaging going out to the public on this as well. And the sealing of the curb, that would be happening? We're going to try and get that done this week. Uh, we've got some uh, crack sealing uh, materials coming in tomorrow morning. Great. Um, other questions, councillors? I was going to ask about Apple, but you already did. Okay. okay. Well, um, I guess um, to me this looks like several millions of dollars. So. Sometimes it's not fun to be the engineer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, with, um, thank you, Mr. McCoy. Again, would someone um, please move the, the item for information? Sure. Uh, Councillor Ford, thank you. All those in favor? Great. Uh, it's carried. Okay, uh, no reports. And now uh, we have a information item from uh, Alberta Health Services. Uh, this is from Trisha Town, Director of Clinical Operations, Alberta North Zone Area 2, which is us. And in it, she informs us that um, the uh, emergency, urgent surgery, and obstetrical uh, area, or surgeries, I guess, uh, will not be happening in Peace River from 7.30 Friday, July 8th through 7.30 July 11th, which was, I guess, this past weekend. But um, also, she has sent another letter indicating that there's 10 acute beds that are closed out of the, I think, 30 beds that are there. Um, I talked to her about, well, what, what are the reasons? So the reasons seem to be staffing, and I can appreciate the staff's uh, uh, issues in a sense. I'm hearing that um, several staff are switching positions if at all possible to get out of the acute uh, emergency maybe even operational areas and go into something else that is um, different for all sorts of reasons i'm also hearing that it's very hard to um, uh, hire people um, they have ads out for an rn and they don't get applications um, they're perhaps in the process of trying to uh, use some private agencies that have uh, nurses available on a kind of a contract basis. However, if they get such uh, staffing, then they come into Alberta and they're not up on connect care. So they have to take time to train for that. And it's the same thing when people move from one area of the hospital to another. There's, you know, uniqueness to acute beds that maybe is different in the operational aspect. So all of those things are coming to mind. She tells me that um, LPNs, they're looking at how to um, maximize the use of LPNs, but it's also hard to get LPNs. So it's a tumbling uh, sort of thing. My worry is that, you know, uh, not everybody has a, their own doctor, but usually you can get in to see somebody in emergency if you need to. Um, we don't want the situation to also become that doctors don't feel that they've got enough uh, 
uh, work to do because they're cut off from some hospital beds or whatever, and then it, then it starts the tumbling fall of leaving. So I suggested, well, maybe we have to forget about trying to attract uh, nurses and doctors, healthcare people for life. Maybe we get them for three, four years at least and have an expectation we're going to be the training area more so than we already are. And some of them will stay, but oftentimes it's just they're going to be a continuous uh, loop of people in and out. But even getting people into the loop is the problem. So I guess anything we can do to advocate to the ministers um, responsible for this. I know the federal uh, government was approached by all the premiers uh, dealing with health care, but I don't know, it doesn't seem to leap down until the basic operational aspects of a small hospital especially if we're considering a little remote. So that was my talk on that one. Um, the next item, if nobody has any other comments on that aspect. Okay, the next item, um, appearing in my mailbox, uh, was uh, this email from Janet J. Bush, who happens to be the, um, I think she's Towns West, or one of the vice presidents of AM, right? And so um, she's uh, telling us that we have this unique tour that's coming to Peace River at the end of July. And uh, some of them will be on motorbikes and some of them will be on other things. And it's called the Relics and Bones Tour. And it includes a number of uh, stops. And so ours is July 28th um, from 6 to 7 p.m. I asked her if she wanted to get into the museum and I'm kind of waiting for a response back before I approach in to see if that's kind of possible. But anyhow, uh, they're asking if um, myself and or some of our council would like to be present to officially welcome this group. Okay, so if that's the situation, we need a motion to enable that so it's an official council thing. That's very good. I'll make I'll make that motion. Okay, to enable the mayor and council to bring greetings to yes. the Relics and Bones tour on July 28th. The more people to see Peace River, the better. Yeah, yeah. Give us a chance to talk a little bit about history, if that's what they call Relics and Bones. <laughs> or maybe it's something else, I'm not sure. Okay, all those in favor of the motion? Opposed? Okay, it is carried. I, I would also like to note in this that there is a canoe brigade that is at coming to Strong Creek Park on the same day, July 28th, around noon is when they're to arrive there. The MD of Peace did send out a Facebook message to that effect. And um, that other, that weekend is also jet boat races, I believe. And they, that brigade will be coming into Peace River at Riverfront Park approximately. Um, we're guessing around two o'clock-ish, 1.30. So administration are planning a small welcome of some sort. Once details are finalized, we'll let council know. Good. Okay. Is that July or August? Uh, July. July. They're all at the end of July. Yeah. No, this is different than Frank White's White Jets one. Which one is Frank White Jets? It's not this one. Kind of just a private thing. This is a, this 22 um, Voyager canoe thing. They tend to do it every year, I think. Well, not every year. Yeah, often. 
They're coming from um, Dunhagen, but it's Voyager Canoes, as opposed to Mr. Whitehead's, which I understand is more indigenous kind of canoe trip. So we haven't heard you know, if that's a go or if that's not. Yeah. Okay, so lots of water stuff at the end of um, July. Okay, did we finish that one off the way we were supposed to? I think so, eh? Okay, any notices of motion? Nope. Nothing, Your Worship. Okay, uh, comments from the public? Uh, maybe not tonight. Uh, key communication items, Megan? Thank you. Um, so first of all, I'd say the most important one is 101st Street and getting the messaging out on that. So I hope to do that either this evening or tomorrow morning as soon as possible. And then aside from that, um, the Climate Resilience Capacity Building Program, now that we're officially moving into the second steps, um, maybe talking a little bit about that. And then as it gets closer, Culture Days, and um, depending on how things progress with the active transportation fund that will be down the road but i do think that might be a future key communications item and then the rescinding of the acquisition of property policy and those are the key communication items in my mind with any feedback great um okay councillor ford and councillor shannon oh, nice little buzz <laughs> What about, uh, what about the information that we received from Alberta Health, Health Services? Is that something that the town wants to get out to the residents as well? They kind of do that with, they, they're doing that? Yeah, oh, it's theirs, yes. Okay. Yes. Councilor Shem? Um, I, I wouldn't mind having it um, noted that uh, we are pursuing True North representation on various Alberta Municipality Council, um, committee, sorry. Noted, thank you. Okay, and um, it's beautiful picture-taking weather, so uh, hopefully you're able to do a bit of that, maybe, because uh, we always need them for things, and apparently they have a booth. We might need some lovely flashing pictures going across there. Especially of our new mural. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I should comment on that. It seems to be very well uh, accepted. I took a picture of it myself thinking, did I miss this last year? And then somebody said, no, it's new. <laughs> so this is good. This is good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you, uh, Megan. And um, I think we're getting to the end of our agenda. We don't seem to have a closed session. And if someone wants to move adjournment, um, or we could sit here and contemplate. Yeah, I can do that. Councillor Carr, okay. Moves adjournment. All those in favor? Great, it is carried. Thank you.